0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another edition of Fan Fuel Motorsports Podcast, the podcast where fans feel talk about motorsport. Today is our 52nd episode, and that means that you can listen to us one day a week for a whole year, and uh, I think that's pretty monumental, um, if I do say so myself. Uh, I'm Alex Harrington. I'm joined, as always, by Colton Cranmore, Nathan Ball, and Jared Bakaisa, who is back after a short time away from us, and tonight we will be joined... A little bit later by Brandon Hutchison, president of Atlanta Motor Speedway, to be previewing this weekend's action at the track, what that means for fans, what the racing product is going to look like, and some more. But, uh, I mean, let's go ahead and get into what happened this weekend while we wait for him uh, to show up in about 15 minutes and talk about some Phoenix racing. Um, so just an open discussion, anything that you guys want to talk about.
1: Oh, man. First Phoenix of all, is I feel- terrible. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. So, I mean, I don't think Phoenix is bad. I just think the PJ one moved the lane up a groove to where there's no point in having multiple grooves if everyone wants to go to the top because you can't make right. a pass in the bottom if the top lane's dominant. So, it's just
0: so that's kind of I tough. mean, that's that's basically what we said for an entire hour and a half episode last year. Yeah. After like we got a championship race. So, we
1: got to just get we got to just let it happen, but we can't because now it's staying permanently, probably. So,
0: yeah. I I was going to say
1: is that we have a shout-out to one of our former guests, um, Raja Karuth. He finished, I think, fourth in the ARCA race, and he was second at one point. So that was pretty cool because I had only seen him at Daytona because he's doing the full season for ARCA, and it was on Math tv so I was like, why don't I just check it out? And sure enough, that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, and we've seen that kid wheel the hell out of some cars, make some incredible saves last year. Uh, specifically uh, at Bristol the week before we got to talk to him. Um, And that was pretty fucking awesome, if I do say so myself. But um, I do want to challenge you, Colton. I don't think that race was that bad. I thought it was a very procedural Phoenix race, and I argued with some people on Twitter that that long run at the end would have been much better had it not been cut short by Eric Jones for the second week in a row. Well, I Um, I agree. I
2: jumped in the group chat as soon as that happened and kind of said my piece about how I wanted a long run to finish it. I don't think the race was terrible. I don't like the track. I hate really? how they ruined it with the, yeah. the fanning out. And, you know, now everyone, I mean, when they had grass, you used to actually, you know, have to work around people. And now it's just, you can let off. Little I little don't, little, take I don't have day. a
1: problem with it's the dog leg. Like it's just, it's Man. just turns, turns one and two is the problem because right. with, without the PJ one, you could see guys kind of move around a little bit. There wasn't a particular dominant line whereas now it seems like it took the it took the top and just made it dominant to where you saw it on the long run. You'd be faster than a guy, and once you got to them, you'd have to go to the bottom because they were on the top. You'd go to the bottom. You couldn't get around them. like You just couldn't do it.
2: I'd rather see them cut the dog leg up a little bit and leave one and two the way it is. Um, yeah, just because, then... I mean, if you look at Phoenix, you look at the shape of the track, you're completely
1: cutting the shape and the character off of the track.
2: Right, but um, I, it's just quarters, and then turns one and
1: two. That's a big passing zone with the traction compound and all that stuff. If you take that traction compound away, you'll have guys run multiple lanes, like you saw years yeah. earlier. Yeah, no, I have, I
2: have no problem with with one and two. Yeah. It's
1: really the dog leg that I don't like. I wish, really? they, I, wish I had worse of a problem half. with the PJ one in one and two. Like well, that was so, the yeah, main the issue. The PJ one's different. Just the
2: configuration itself. If they cut that that big gap of the dog leg just in half, like from the pit wall up until the outside wall. I'd be fine. Cut it a car length or two off of the racing surface. I'm fine with it. I hate this. You're cutting an eighth of a mile off the track.
0: Jared, do you have anything to
2: to yeah. add
1: to
0: this before
1: I get in? <laughs> I know I was, he's one of – I know. Oh, go ahead. Uh,
3: I was just going to say, I thought it was funny, like the whole pre-race they were talking about, like, oh, I don't think people are going to cut that off because of the rear diffuser, and then, like, lap mm-hmm. one Cobblish takes it the whole way down to the bottom. Yeah. And you like, oh, Clint Boyer yeah, thought it was like, I the think it's like, like, in the world whenever that happens,
0: That happened.
1: was funny. So, I thought it was like – Oh, go ahead.
0: For me, I don't mind the dog leg being cut. Yeah. I love them having the options and stuff like that. However, um, once we added the PJ1, we saw the racing get shunted. I'm sorry. I thought the racing was fine there from 2011 in the fall, uh, or 2010 in the fall, I should say, all the way up to to PJ1 being added in 2018. I thought the racing was phenomenal there. I love one-mile tracks, even like, yeah. um, even uh, you know, Uh, gateway is probably going to be phenomenal in my opinion, just because they're driver's tracks. Um, The thing that I had the most problem with is when they reprofiled one and two, it's got a lot more banking. And since the PJ one is there now um, having that banking up higher with the wider arc makes the bottom literally just useless. And I know that's what you guys have been saying specifically Nathan, but Mm -hmm. I think that, that and then putting the start-finish line where they, they have have just been – have made the races since they moved to start-finish line a lot more wor- uh worse. Um, I do enjoy them going, you know, eight wide. I think it's, you know, just – something cool like when you saw that same thing at Pocono with indie cars. Like it's just something cool to see. It's something different. But um that's a it's a track that used to be a driver's track that really has been shunted because of what you guys are talking about with the BJ. What did you guys think of the the winner though? Um and I'll get on to my opinions mm-hmm. on that in a little Yeah.
1: Bit. Well I thought it was pretty cool to see because you know for a long time it seemed like Stewart Haas was kind of struggling a little bit and you know, not many of their cars could do anything outside of Harvick to where the point where he was kind of just not even an SHR car. He was just that much better. So now we got 2022. We've had Almarola getting get in the top 10 almost every race. He was very close to doing that at Phoenix, but he didn't. You have Briscoe winning a race. You had Harvick running the top three. So I thought it was pretty cool because it means that Stuart Haas is back as an organization. Like, it's not just Kevin Harvick now. Like I think it's important because it's it shows that the whole team can do something now.
3: Yeah, I thought I thought the winner was pretty cool. I saw a cool stat. I think it I think it was nineteen sixty nine was the last time that the top nice. three finishers were winless mm-hmm. going into the race. You know, nice. it's always cool seeing like the top three lose. Top three like that's something cool. that's pretty cool. That plus it was like Ross Chastain was up there. He's been doing good the last couple weeks, so it's like no fluke that he's doing well. So that's another team that I've been. Enjoying C, he's gonna end up getting a win here sooner than later. I wouldn't. Have, I would imagine. You
2: know what the best yeah. thing about that that finish was was Jared mentioned it. You have three guys running top three, all looking for their first win, and none of them, hint Austin Syndrich, had to put anyone on the fucking fence to do it. They all Oh, here he is thing. getting mad about. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Man, the, 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 it
1: I know you're the Blaney fan. You're probably mad that your pit crew cost him like ten spots in that, but. On um, in the no,
2: I, yeah, Phoenix is a wash. Eh. Um, I still won picks, so I'm not too upset about it. Um, I'm still mad that we didn't get a Daytona 500 because our teammate put us in the fence. Hey, you just
1: there ain't no teammates in the last the hour. only thing that I can oh, say
0: shit. is the same thing I said at Daytona. I'm glad that we're gonna have a teammate rivalry. That's something we've been Stay missing here. for quite some years, and it is very apparent that Ryan Blaney does not like Austin Cindric, even though I am a fan of both of them. So, um Eef. That is what it is. For me, the winner was pretty good. Um, we saw Chase Briscoe do well. We've known that he's been a talent that's been there for quite some time, despite the fact that he's raced a lot less than a lot of the guys that he's racing against. Um, he is older by a few months than Chase Elliott who was a cup champion and it's cool to finally see some of these guys like he and Josh Berry do a non traditional way up, Um, do it a little bit later in life as well. Um, but I do want to say I was bummed that Tyler Reddick, yet again, did not get a win, close as as he could be. Um, Ross Chastain put on a hell of a show. Track House and that number eight car are going to be three guys that will get their first wins this season. Um, all, the 99, the one, and the eight will be winners. M- one of them is going to be multiple-time winners. I guarantee that. But I do want to say we almost saw Chase Elliott win his first race of the season, and I am – I fought tooth and nail with some people on Twitter about this. Had that long run went, that long run car was the 9, not the 14. Uh, Chase was getting through lap traffic a lot better than Chase Briscoe. Um, And Elliott would have leaped him in that lap traffic and won that race. And I think we would have not all enjoyed it just because Chase won. I mean, that would have been fine. And the rest of NASCAR would have... Uh, just adored it because Chase won. So it's very interesting to see how momentum swings as far as the fans go whether or not they like a race
1: just on who wins. I mean, mm-hmm. I hate I I've always tried to avoid being that guy like if a race is fun, I'll just enjoy it no matter who wins.
3: I think even if we got that long run, I think even like Harvick and Chastain were still catching them too, so we we could have seen like a four-car battle for the win there
0: at the end. Yeah. Um and so with that, I want to say some stuff. Um, I'll let Colton go ahead and say he's got a point to make, and then I've got to pick Nathan's head on something before we get Brandon on here.
2: Yeah, so I do. Someone pointed out on Twitter um, after the race on Sunday that all of the top three finishers, um, and I think it was like four of the top ten, um, are were all drivers for BK Racing in the truck series at one point.
1: Brad Keselowski Racing?
2: Yep. And so it just shows you the eye that Brad Keselowski has for talent, um, because I mean the only drivers um, really that he hired that haven't done much are like Austin Terrio, Arca um, champion. Yeah, and he was still an Arca yeah. champion, and I mean, shit, he he probably won his political election that he was in this last week with the way that past drivers are doing. Yeah. Um <laughs> I thought that was super cool, and it kind of gives me some hope for BK or uh, excuse me RFK in the future. Oh yeah to know that Keselowski has a super good eye for talent. He's going to know exactly when to bring guys in um, to help them develop as cup drivers now. So that is, I thought that was really awesome when I saw that.
1: Yeah, I'd have to agree. I think it's pretty cool because what if he brings back the Xfinity program? What if he brings back a truck program for Roush? You know, it's good to know that, that somebody's got like somebody. I think that's something that we would all talent. want too. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I, like we need I mean,
0: Roush in Xfinity was something that we had for a long time, that 60 car. I'd love to see it back. Oh, yeah. Um, And we could see some pretty good drivers getting up the block. I I think Brad Keselowski is a genius when it comes to owning businesses and race teams, but (laughs) I think we all know that I dislike everything else about him. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, anyways, uh, I do want to say NASCAR came out with some rule changes today. Um, They talked about the yellow line rule is going to be in effect all Mm -hmm. weekend for all three series at Atlanta. (laughs) We thought that was going to happen, but they also came out with a couple of stuff regarding rain and rain races at road yeah. courses. So there's a couple of things that happened, um, and one contradicts the other in that, uh, yep. Nathan, you think that it's great because they are going to not have, uh, I guess, competition well, yellows well, to change over uh, the let me, let me rain me there. for tires, but,
1: but. Yeah, there's a huge but that needs to be addressed here. Go ahead. It's, it, the problem is everyone got super excited at first. Like, oh, you know, there's no more mandatory cautions for rain. Drivers get to choose when to take their wet tires. And then they come out and say, oh, well, we need we need kind of like a mud flap type thing on the back of the cars to prevent spray going up. And the problem is they don't put them on the car at the start of the race. So they might have to throw a caution the moment it rains for the teams to come in and put those rain guards on the fenders. Which pretty much erases all the excitement that I had for it.
0: Yeah, I think it, it's, it's it's ridiculous. Honestly. Why don't they just I mean, put it
1: on? Why don't they just put the rain guards on the, the car, whether it's dry or not? Like, like why can't yeah, they? Yeah, we have be there?
0: we have super speedway spec cars, right? They have longer, yeah. um, they have longer rear bumpers, um, they have different um, air ducting and all that stuff than a regular car. Why? We do the same thing and have a road course spec car. I bet you that it's because rain flaps.
1: I bet yes, because of aerodynamics. or teams are like, "Oh, it's dry. We don't need that. It's going to cost us a couple tents or whatever." So,
0: okay, everybody in the field is going to have the same thing. Yeah, I don't understand it's, it. I really don't. Sometimes we really need to go back to the to as much as I hate the NASCAR brass. Sometimes, sometimes it listening to the teams and giving them a voice like this is just kind of stupid. Because I guarantee you, Nathan, you're know. right.
1: There, because there, it's just like one step forward, two steps back, and it's just a repeated process. Yeah. Like, it took away all the excitement I had about the whole, oh, we might not have cautions for rain anymore.
0: Yeah. So, um, I will ask this to the other two, Jared, Colton, uh, Pete Bistone, Um He says that he would rather get his tooth taken out without um, any uh, numbing or anything like that. Uh, sandpaper to the skin, whole list of stuff to see stock cars in the rain. Um, and as you two guys are more solely stock car fans, unlike Nathan and I who love rain racing, what do you guys think about that statement? Jared? Um,
3: I would say just honestly, in my opinion, I would just, let, them just let, it ha- let the race play out naturally. If teams want to come in and do whatever, then they can. But if not, then... don't have like if they're giving them that option just keep it that way you know don't try to add some extra stuff in there or at least tease that idea of like hey we're gonna not they don't they have the option now but you know kind of like what Nathan was saying with the butt there so I would say just let it happen whatever happens happens like let the race play out naturally if
2: I at road courses only I'm a fan of damp or wet racing. Um, I think that is fine. I think when you get into what we saw at Coda last year, not a fan of that.
0: All right. Yeah. And I think we can all agree with that. And it is uh, time to welcome in our guest, uh, Brandon Hutchison from Atlanta Motor Speedway. So I'm going to go ahead and add him to the stream. And how's it going, Brandon? Alex,
4: Alex, it's going great, man. Uh, Listen, I saw you guys sitting in your cool rooms. So I came over here to my my eighteen year old son's room. <laughs> so I could be just like the group, man. Um I'm doing great, man. We're we're ready to go racing at Atlanta Motor Speedway.
0: Yeah. Well, we are so glad to uh have you on here um tonight. So I appreciate that. And that's that's great that you uh got got with us. You looking a little bit better than me. I don't have my flags up this week. So you're doing you're doing more than I am for the podcast this week.
4: Oh, yeah, man. I tell you, my son is one of the biggest fans I know. Of course, he was at his first cup race when he was six weeks old. Um, he, he had a jump on the field. Um, he He's always had some pretty cool access. But, hey, man, we're ready to go. The weather forecast looks great. Atlanta Motor Speedway has brand-new asphalt, brand-new 28-degree banking. We're excited about what's to come this weekend.
2: Awesome. Well, I guess I'm just going to jump right into it here. Um, so – who is Brandon? And tell our listeners a little bit about your role with Atlanta Motor Speedway. Ha! Huh.
4: Well, uh, Brandon is a uh, Atlanta native, born and raised in Atlanta. Um, grew up in North Gwinnett County. Graduated from North Gwinnett High School. Went to Georgia Southern University. My final quarter at Georgia Southern, I had to do an internship. So when I figured I couldn't be a pro athlete, I wanted to work in pro sports. So took an internship at Atlanta Motor Speedway, got a job right out of college and started as a track rental coordinator, have been at Atlanta Motor Speedway for 27 years, um, worked hard, told Ed Clark, the, my, my predecessor, when I was an intern that I wanted his job one day And. You know, I'm just very fortunate that uh, got the opportunity and November of 2018 was promoted to executive vice president and general manager of Atlanta Motor Speedway, worked for Speedway Motorsports my entire life. So it's all I know um, and just blessed, man. I'm a I'm a customer service guy at heart. I want to make sure that we do our very best to provide great experiences and memories that'll last a lifetime for our fans that choose to come out to the Speedway.
0: And a lot of that's what we're going to get into with some questions for you tonight. But I do want to go ahead and start off with something I think is the most important part of the track and the new reprofiling. And that's the ODL layer, the drainage layer that you guys have put in. Um, And I, you know, I've seen all of your social stuff talking about uh, the specifics along the lines of it. But uh, I know it it basically is draining the groundwater. Um, And I, I think the most important question is, do you think that this is going to make the new surface last longer than the 24 years that we got with the previous surface
4: well that's a great question you know odl stands for open drainage layer and it's really just a layer of asphalt under the finish asphalt that you know if you if you took a, a knitted quilt uh, listen to us talking about knitted quilts if you <laughs> took a knitted quilt and uh stretched it apart you know the 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 it's it's easy to to put your finger through the quilt. If it's real tight, it's hard to put your fingers through the quilt. So the, the ODL layer really allows the groundwater that comes up. You hear about the term weepers in racing all the time. It doesn't matter if it's dirt racing or asphalt racing, you've got that groundwater that comes up and it has to escape somewhere. So it finds the cracks in the asphalt and that's what causes weepers. Well, this ODL layer allows that water to find a hole drains it down underneath the finished layer of asphalt and we insta- installed a uh, corrugated pipe uh, at the base of the the apron so that water has an opportunity to drain out um, so it should dry the quack track quicker it should eliminate weepers but let's not mistake if it rains the track's going to get wet we're going to have to bring the jet dryers out we're going to have to dry the track so We'll still have some downtime, but hopefully there will be less downtime. So no weepers and quicker to dry the track when it does get wet.
3: Yeah, I think that's what all fans want is to have less time for track drying. But the question I'm going to get into is like, what do you hope to see from like the on track product and have like the last two intermediate races made you rethink about the reconfiguration at all?
4: haven't second guessed the reconfiguration for one second, you know, um, our company Speedway Motorsports is known for being bold for known for being innovators. You saw us put dirt on Bristol. Um, you saw us take NASCAR to circuit of the Americas last year. You, you've seen for the last few races, last few years, the Roval at Charlotte motor Speedway, you know, Speedway Motorsports wants to make sure that we're doing things that are new, special and different for our fans. We're a world-class racing facility, but at the end of the day, we're an entertainment facility, right? So we wanna make sure that we provide the highest level of entertainment we possibly can for our fans. And that's what this new track is gonna be. 28 degrees is the steepest intermediate track on the circuit. It's never been done before. Fans have never seen it before. Over the last few weeks, we've seen this new next gen car produce a pretty pretty cool, good level of racing that we haven't seen in a, in a few years. and. Think about going into Atlanta Motor Speedway, and not only is it a new track, not only is it a new car, we're all gonna learn together um, just what happens out here. And I'll tell you what, we've ran thousands and thousands of simulated races on iRacing, and we know, that's how we landed on 28 degrees. So we know it's gonna provide a, a really, really cool level of excitement for our fans. But great question.
0: All right, um, so I, I'll just go ahead and, and get into it. So. I mean, a lot of of drivers and fans have spoken negatively about the reconfigure early on. Um, How did you and your team handle that negativity? I mean, you kind of alluded to that with your last question. You guys are kind of sticking to your guns, right? And you think it's going to be a a great move. But, you know, how have you, from the outside perception, handled that?
4: Well, listen, you know, we're race fans at heart. We we don't want to do anything that's going to take away from the sport. It's not like we enter into – uh, these decisions lightly at all. You know, we, we, we looked at this for over a a year. So, you know, you know, when you're, when you're trying to improve the sport, you've seen Ben Kennedy, Steve O'Donnell, Steve Phelps, uh, take races to new markets, uh, for goodness sakes, pave the LA Coliseum for the Bush light clash. You know, we, we've made moves in this sport that you haven't seen, ever before and this is just another step and yeah you know we we are uh, the drivers are the best in the world there's no doubt in our minds that any challenges that they face whether it's you see them spinning on saturday at california and by sunday nobody's spinning and they've got it figured out we know that if you put the best drivers in the world on any surface, whether it's 28 degrees at Atlanta Motor Speedway or, or dirt at Bristol, they're gonna figure it out. They're gonna provide a, an exciting level of, of racing. And, and we knew that uh, we wanted to do something new, special and different. And uh, we're confident that uh, this is gonna provide just that for the fans. And, and that's really what it's all about. We're a world, world-class racing facility but at the end of the day, we're an entertainment facility. People work hard for their money. They choose where they spend it. Whether it's an uh, uh, amusement park, a movie, or a racetrack, we want to do everything we possibly can to make sure they're entertained while they're at our facility. And and we're, you're going to see just that this weekend at Atlanta Motor Speedway.
1: Yeah, and that kind of ties into the next question that I had. And that was, we've seen that drivers have different opinions and fans and so on and so forth. So. How hard is it to sort of please the fans that want a good show? And how hard is it to tie that into the drivers who also want to have a track that's fun to drive on?
4: Well, make no mistake about it. We want to please 100% of the people, 100% of the time. It doesn't matter if it's drivers or, or fans. We've got great relationships with our drivers in the sport. It's important to us that we foster those relationships but we've also got great relationships with our fans and we want to make sure that uh, we do everything possible to provide the best possible experience for them a- as we can and uh, so you know listen if you got a group of your friends together and asked them a question on any given topic you're probably going to have 40 or 50% say one thing and and 40 or 50% say another and that's true in racing so we know going into this it doesn't matter if we tore up the track created a three quarter mile track, if we went to dirt, if we went to a a true super speedway, two mile track, you're gonna have people weigh in. And and I respect every single opinion that has been thrown out about our track, but I will also stick by what we decided to do. And, uh, you know, hey, like I said, we're all gonna learn out, learn together. Uh, Nobody knows, you can talk to the best drivers, the best crew chiefs or, or us who are promoters who do this for a living. Nobody really knows what's going to happen this weekend other than what we've seen on the thousands and thousands of simulations that have taken place. And what we've seen is that is going to produce exciting racing.
1: Yeah, that's a great answer. And one more question from my end is how close are you to the drivers and teams? Because we saw when the repave was announced, we saw all the drivers give their opinions on that. And I've, I've always wondered how close are you to all the guys in the industry?
4: Well, I'm really close to quite a few of them. You know, as you know, a a few of them have grown up racing at Atlanta Motor Speedway. You know, David Reagan, Mm -hmm. Reed Sorensen, Grant and Finger in the Truck Series, you know, have have spent a lot of time talking to Justin Allgaier, um, spoke to Trevor Bain uh, just today. And, you know, I mean, just like any other friend group, you're closer to some than others, but the ones that we're, we're close to, the ones that I'm close to, are excited about the track. They're excited about getting out there. They're excited about a new challenge. Is there a little trepidation about what to expect? Of course, you know, you've never done it before. You've never raced on it before. Um, It's new, it's different. So there's a little uh, hesitancy to to really speak to exactly what to expect. But I think again, you know, these are the best drivers in the world. They'll be able to meet the challenge and provide a, a high level of racing um and look this next gen car as we've seen over the last few weeks um it's it's, it's taken some figuring out you know look at trackhouse racing last week two cars finished in the top 10 Ross Chastain's running great um you know we're seeing a lot with this new car we're going to see a lot more at Atlanta Motor Speedway
2: so over um the off season SMI did acquire Dover um and then we've also seen in the past from SMI um the reconfigures of Texas and Kentucky kind of go a little south. Does that worry you guys at all? Is or is SMI just um they've run enough simulations on this that they know what they're gonna expect, whereas they might not have done that in the past?
4: Well, great question. We we were we acquired Dover, we acquired Nashville super speedway, so we we added two really, really good tracks right. to our to our portfolio. But you know, I mean there there's always Questions in the back of your mind: What if? But at the end of the day, you know, when you run a business, you you, you make decisions. You stick to your decisions. Um, you're all in, and I can tell you that we've we're all in. We started taking safer barrier down just after the checkered flag for, flew for the Quaker State 400 presented by Walmart in July, and we've been hard at it since that time. The Goodyear tire test took place in January, and I will tell you that. Um, I, i'm I'm not going to sit here and lie to you i'm human just like you guys there's there's times that you think about well gosh man what 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 if we don't get this right um but at the end of the day i know with the technology in place and the simulations that have been done um we we did our homework we stick by it and we're very very excited to see what uh what takes place this weekend
3: yeah, so, getting away from the on-track action, what kind of changes do you expect from the fan experience for this weekend? Is there anything going to any new things happening or anything different for the fans to do outside of the track before the race?
4: You know, NASCAR is going to thank goodness we got practice and qualifying back. Right there's, right, there's three. There's, <laughs> there's three days of on-track action that we know NASCAR is going to do a very good job of of putting forth for the fans. We work real hard to do everything we can to make sure that when cars are not on track fans get as much bang for their buck as they possibly can so fans are going to have an opportunity to drive their own cars on track on friday night from 7 to 10 p.m um get to see the new high banks up close and personal families in the campgrounds are going to have an opportunity to watch cars the movie in the legends campground free bocce ball free cornhole free popcorn free candy free cokes free movie um on saturday we're bringing the party back to the infield it's going to be a big time we've got a band playing we've got a a laser light show we've got mechanical bulls we've got cornhole we've got a pedal bar so you'll be able to pedal around the the track with your favorite drink uh, to see the high banks up close and personal it's all going to culminate with a big fireworks show at 11 o'clock on sunday if you didn't get a chance to drive the track on friday night you're gonna have a chance to walk the track all the benefits go to speedway children's charities we got Georgia's own Travis Denning. that's going to play the pre-race concert. So, and that doesn't even start to talk about the fan zone. The fan zone is going to have carnival rides, the kids zone, the quick trip fan stage, driver engagements all throughout the day. So, again, those that choose to come out to Atlanta Motor Speedway, I can promise you, we've worked very hard to make sure they have a great experience. I hope fans will choose to come out and camp with us. But I will tell you, uh, I was just on the phone with our director of ticket operations. There's not a lot of tickets left for Atlanta Motor Speedway this weekend. So hopefully fans will uh, go to atlantamotorspeedway.com and buy some tickets um, and come out and see us. It's going to be a big time.
0: Yeah, so uh, I do want to butt in. I've been going to Atlanta basically my whole life. Uh, as as you know, Brandon, with, uh, with my dad working for you guys, I mean, uh, I've had the privilege from you guys to be in the garage and uh, pit area since probably about 2010 when he started working there. Um, and I got to say, you guys do a lot. Uh, to to help make the fan activities off the track and make them very good. Uh, accessibility to the drivers is one of the biggest things uh, that I love about Atlanta Motor Speedway infield, especially if you're on the backside of the garage area during practice. That's something I'm excited to see. Like you said, uh, we have that back, um, but sounds like it's going to be a really good weekend. I do want to just shout out to you guys that we appreciate as fans, um, everything that you're doing. Uh, and then uh, I think Colton, you have the next question.
2: Yeah. So um, Alex brought this up to me. I've never been to Atlanta. I'm going in July. It'd be my first ever race at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Um, but I have heard rumors that there might be another layer of asphalt added before that race. Is there any truth at all to that? Yeah. Well, shame
4: on you to start with for not having been to Atlanta Motor Speedway I, <laughs> before now. You know, I'm all the way out uh, in Wyoming. And... It's hard. Well, hey, you know, listen, Hartsfield Atlanta Airport is two hours from anywhere. So, so get on that airplane, come see us. But we're glad to see you in July. You know, right now we are uh, we're very pleased with the finished product that we have on the track. Um, the drivers seem to like it a lot. So, you know, hey. It, it, if the drivers were to get out on the track and find something they didn't like, then we would address it. We've already ground down a couple of bumps from the tests that they've seen. But for right now, I can tell you we've uh, we've put a lot of time, energy, and effort into the track. And we're just looking forward to the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500 and uh, know that it's going to provide a, a great product for our fans. So anything beyond that would be just speculation. And uh, I prefer not to speculate. Because we got a race coming up this weekend that uh, we think is going to be just fine.
0: Absolutely.
3: Yeah, unfortunately, I haven't been down to Atlanta either. I'm up here in Pennsylvania, but I'm hoping to come down also this summer. So that'll be something. But the big uh, word you're using tonight is, like, entertainment. So that kind of leads me to, like, the one question I have. I remember last year or the year before there was like this big rumor about how Atlanta was going to get like a casino and amusement park and like this huge property thing around the track. Since we got the track re like redone and reconfigured and stuff. Does that, is that like phase one and then maybe the next phase having like that casino, the amusement park and stuff around there and just have one giant property around there for everyone?
4: Well, we certainly hope so. You know, we gaming has to be legalized in the state of Georgia to, for that to happen. I can tell you that we're working hard, with the state legislature. They're in session right now. We're, we're talking to them every day. Um, looks like there might be some movement on sports betting, which would uh, clear the path a little bit easier for casino gaming. But, um, we are interested in a destination resort, so we're not interested in just brick and mortar casino. We're interested in a casino, um, different activities, whether it's shopping, hotels, Uh, go-kart racing activities that are built around the casino that our fans could enjoy when they chose to come to Atlanta Motor Speedway for a NASCAR race or any other activity. You know, we do Supercross, we do Monster Jam. There's a lot of stuff that we've got going on, but uh, we certainly hope so. We've got a lot of people that are interested in in partnering with us if that were to come to fruition. Uh, But I will tell you, we just have to stand by, see what the legislature does. It'd have to be legalized in the state of Georgia before that could happen. But If it is legalized, I would tell you we're positioned very, very well to get one of the few licenses that would be uh, uh, allowed in the state of Georgia.
0: That sounds awesome. Um, I think we're all kind of patiently awaiting that. I know that, you know, that's basically how kansas speedway had made a town basically out of where they did that same thing so it's a proven model it's something that i i think every one of us would enjoy um but I, I being as close to the racetrack as i am and being that my dad is a part of your legends program there for thunder thursday night thunder i know that you guys have made some updates to the thunder ring and repaved even uh the uh, the infield road course section that you guys use in the winter races um so there's supposedly a three-quarter mile Thunder Ring now, is, or a little bit longer than your quarter mile, I should say, maybe a half mile. So what is that yeah. new addition that we see from the, from the images?
4: Well, it's cool. It's a third mile. So, third um, yeah, it's a third mile. It's longer than the, the quarter mile that we had. It's right there on the front stretch as well. We just had our first Legends race on the third mile. Um, uh, about two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, and I will tell you, it's Alex. It's cool to watch. It's it's fun to watch. It might be a little harder from your dad, as a
0: we're losing you there. But it's
4: it's a it's it's a cool experience for our racers, and just a lot different, you know. Um, something we've wanted to do for a while. Ken Reagan would have had us create five different legends tracks, but. We're starting with one, and hopefully it'll be uh, something that'll that'll spawn into maybe a couple more.
0: So something that he and I, my dad, uh, that 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 being said, have talked about with this third mile, um, being that it is larger than the quarter mile. Can y'all hear uh, me? I can't hear you. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Right. We can hear him. We can hear you. Can you hear us? You got us. Sorry reason. about the technical difficulties, everyone. Uh, uh, can you hear us now, Brendan? Uh, all right. He's probably got a notification or something on his phone, just like we've had with past right. guests. Uh, all right. Well, um, and he's out. So,
3: well, wait, wait. Uh, well he got sick for questions.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. Uh, he said he would be here for about 30 minutes. So, we've still got. Mm-hmm. uh about 10 more minutes we got 10 minutes damn it <laughs> so uh he'll be coming back i mm-hmm. i think we're having a fantastic conversation um Usually i do like that we are talking to a track representative but he is not giving us too many pr answers. right so yeah. i really appreciate um, that am right. back there we go, there All go. Right. yeah we've got you back can you hear us now i can hear you now i
4: don't know what happened
0: Uh, I'm not sure, but, uh, we got you now, so it should be good. Uh, but what I was getting to was my dad and I've been speculating some stuff. Is there any possibility that we see some bigger cars other than the legends on that third mile track, like a late model or super late model race in the near future?
4: I would love it. Absolutely. Would love it. Unfortunately, pit wall's too short. You know, if you put a late model car up against pit wall, uh, the tires are actually are higher than the wall so if if you got out on that third mile in a late model um i just don't know if it would work never say never i might put some tire packs in front of pit wall uh that might narrow down the the back stretch too much but it's something i want to do it'd be exciting to see no doubt
0: all right well if there's anything that we fans can do to help (laughs) we would love to get that uh anything uh i know jared's got some questions and then we'll probably uh have some uh fan questions as well before we get you out of here
3: yeah one question i had is since atlanta got their second date back is there any chances of a night race happening anytime soon i know i used to love i grew up watching like those early 2010s races at like the labor day weekend races and i always loved the racing at night and i was wondering if that'll ever come back
4: i love night racing i'd love to see a night race at atlanta motor speedway you know never say never but right now we're we're just thrilled to have the second race back um in july and it's a three o'clock race in july i know it's hot but uh could be worse it could be a a february race right so you know never say never but um not in the plans for right now
0: yeah i think that's more up to networks than you guys anyways so hopefully we can get a network on the same line as some of us fans because that july race is going to be a swelter this year, it was a little bit on the cool side last year. Cause we got that overnight rain, uh, but time to ch- chime in to one of these fan questions. And I'm going to hose in my dad for this one. Cause he's got a really good question for you. Uh, Chad Harrington says, which race stands out to you, Brandon at AMS. That was not the November 1999 or 1992 race where Petty retired and Gordon started. March, 2001.
4: 2001 no doubt about it you know th- there's been a lot of great races at atlanta motor speedway a lot of good finishes um at atlanta motor speedway i think in in 07 there was a great one with uh johnson as well but that 2001 march 2001 race uh where kevin harvick won his first cup race uh just a few weeks after we lost dale earnhardt um was pretty special Heartwarming for us to see. It was uh, that that one stands out among all others as one that's the, really special to me.
0: Yeah, I think we can all agree with that. Um, for me, I would say it would be the Carl Edwards uh, race that he won there with Jimmy Johnson because we got to see the flip, even though we were on the back straightaway, we could see it. That was the coolest thing when I was a kid coming up there. Uh, we got another fan, Cody Powers from the Left Turn Cult Podcast says that AMS hospitality is over every other track that I've visited. So just wanted to shout you guys out for that. Um, and, you know, thank you guys for, for doing that because you do have one of the best track experiences that I think I've had in NASCAR.
4: Well, listen, you know, one of the things I said when we first started talking tonight is I'm, I'm a customer service guy. And I tell our team, and that's what it is. It's a team. It's not a staff. It's not me. It's not us. It's not them. It's we um you know I want to make sure that we are the most hospitable track on the circuit and you know when you have that many people come to your facility you're gonna you're gonna have issues from time to time but those are opportunities for us to uh do better those are opportunities for us to engage with our fans and I appreciate Cody saying that it's something we work very hard at I want to make sure that we're as as customer service oriented as we possibly can be because again I know people work very, very hard for their money. I want to make sure that if they choose to come to Atlanta Motor Speedway, they have a great experience.
0: Yeah. And uh, as someone who's been in the infield uh, over the last few years, I can say that you guys have the cleanest bathroom and showers of any of these tracks that uh, that I've been to so far. So um, I just want to thank you for coming on tonight. Um, we always ask before we let our guests go, um, do you have any questions for us
4: um, wow, I appreciate that. I've never I've never had anybody ask me if I have any questions for them. Um, no, you know, I, I, I truly don't, or at least none I can think of right now. I would just ask you, Alex, that, you know, it, 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 as you do this podcast, if you hear things that your fans and viewers and listeners can think of that we can do better, let me know. You know, it's always nice to hear the things that you do right but where we get better is, is hearing the things that, that we can do better. And that's what's important to me. So as you hear things, let me know. I appreciate the opportunity for coming on tonight. Um, you know, your dad's been really good to me um, for years. I've seen you grow up, and I'm just uh, I'm thankful to be able to come on with you guys tonight. Hopefully everybody will come out and join us for the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500. Uh, go to AtlantaMotorspeedway.com. Check out all of the options we have. And I don't care if you're in Wyoming or you're in Pennsylvania, you're going to miss out if you're not at Atlanta Motor Speedway this weekend.
0: Yeah, and I can say uh, with with sad hearts, I've got to work this weekend. So this is going to be the first race that I've missed other than the COVID race in, well, ever since I I was old enough to go to the track with my dad. So I'm really bummed about that. But I can tell you this, Brandon, I am trying and my dad is trying, we are trying our darndest to get the three guys sitting above me on this chat to our house so that we can have them all go in july to the race so we'll hopefully see all four of us then in july thank you so much for coming on and uh go follow ams updates on twitter and uh brandon Hut uh 72 as well if you want to updates from the from the man himself and uh thanks again so much for being on and uh we'll talk to you next time
4: alex guys thank you very much for the opportunity alex i'm proud of you um putting this thing together uh, it's been great to see you grow up, and listen, I should be done with you. You're not coming to our race this weekend. That's, that's inexcusable, man. You can call in sick. There's so many things that you could do to make your way to Atlanta Motor Speedway. I don't even want to hear it. Don't don't say a word, Alex. Thank you. Okay. Thank you guys. Listen. Okay. Thank you guys for having me. No, I, I said no. don't say a word, Alex. I am okay. going to hear it. I'm going to get put. Dad, text your son. I don't, I don't want to hear it. Don't talk back.
0: Okay, okay. I got how about this? I'll go in the doghouse for you this weekend. I'm gonna get off work at 12 noon and I'm gonna fly up three hours for Phoenix City, Alabama, and be there. Think I can make it? it?
4: It's a hop, skip, and a jump. You're not in (laughs) Wyoming, yeah. (laughs) All right, guys,
0: listen,
2: thank thank you very much.
0: Y'all have a good night. Thank
2: you, thank you, thank you.
0: Bye, bye. Man, that was uh, that was incredible. Uh, what a what a good guy. I, I've known Brandon since I was... I, I don't even know what year it is. Uh, 2009. So probably 13 years of my life. So really, really happy that he came on tonight. It is so cool to see the podcast grow to a point that we have track presidents. Obviously, um, with my dad, we've got a little bit of leeway to get him on. But to have a pra- track presidents... Um, come on the show is very 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 awesome um i think that's a big step for us and we're looking forward to the future but this is fan fuel. we are fueled by fans we do want you guys to chime in as well and we're not done tonight
1: no we as are not the
0: fact that we have had a awesome 30 minutes with brandon um, we have got a lot of stuff to talk about and we talked about the phoenix race uh, we're going to hold open discussion um last couple of weeks i have been dealing with uh some mental and physical health problems so we haven't had a shows um i thought i had covid last week wound up not having covid last week uh canceled the show anyways um because i couldn't breathe basically um but i'm back we had a hell of a show so far we we're going to talk about las vegas that we didn't get a chance to last week and that is the last intermediate uh that we saw and go ahead guys open floor for all things vegas trucks
1: oh well first of all i want to say that the vegas race was really good You know, that was the first intermediate race that I actually look forward to in a long time without the 550 package. And I thought that the racing between Kyle Busch and Truex was really good toward the end of that race. I wish that the caution didn't come out because I think it would have been really fun to watch. I was Mm -hmm. impressed because I thought Truex had it at first. You know, he got around the 18. I was like, all right, that's it. But he was able to cross them back over and they were still racing. And I think it would have been pretty much down to the last lap if it wasn't for that caution. So I think... that was that was a really good race like i enjoyed that
3: yeah it was nice to see truex wasn't stuck behind dirty air and couldn't even pass or anything so if we have the old package that that race doesn't happen it's kyle bush takes off and doesn't (laughs) doesn't have any issues but that that was cool that that reminded me of like an old school intermediate track and like like you just said like that's one of the few times i've actually been like excited to see an intermediate race because i know like the last couple years the 550 i'm like oh we're going to a 550 track this will this that Las Vegas week. I'm like, all right, that Auto Club was good. Las Vegas, I think it's going to be really good. So now, now I have that like expectation. Like we're going to go to like whenever we go to like Homestead or whenever we go to. Honestly, I'm excited for the Coke 600. To be
2: honest with you, like I think that's going to be a really good race. Can oh yeah? Can I address the Alex Bowman fans out here? Oh it's pretty, boy, it's gonna oh, be good. good. That a he is not the best Hendrick Motorsports driver. He's not even top three. Okay, b is that we can call Alex Bowman lucky, and without calling him bad, right? He can still be right. a good driver and incredibly lucky. Like I said, that he picks up all the luck that Denny Hamlin uh, drops all over the place. Because right. <laughs> holy crap, I have never seen someone be in the perfect spot at the perfect
1: time to nab so many wins. Like he Keselowski does. was up there too for a couple of years, but it seems like. He pretty much transferred that luck all to Bowman. It's like he just passed oh, yeah. the torch.
0: Listen, I, I, I'm going to say what I've got to say about Alex Bowman, and I love the guy. Um, sometimes it, it's a coin toss on whether or not he's going to be a plank or the my favorite personality in the garage. Um, but I love Alex Bowman. I think he's a great race car driver. I was 100% behind him getting into that 88 car for Dale Jr. and then swapping over to the 48. I love him. But this dude has not won a single race in that 48 car. He has just so happened to be leading at the right time.
1: I mean, he did have Dover. I'll give him Dover. Like he, I will or Kyle Larson led like 300 yeah, laps. Yeah, but they times. were running identical lap times, so it's pretty much whoever got out of the pits first was going to win that race.
2: Exactly. Right. He did not win that race.
0: His pit crew won that race. The only race that he ever won was the, was the Cincinnati – 88 scheme at Auto Club.
1: He won um, Chicago too, like I'll, get, I'll, give Chicago I'll give him Chicago
3: one
0: too. Okay,
1: like I'll okay. give him the Dover one too, just because I think that he had to do it for a hundred laps. Like it's not like his pit crew got him out there for a green white checker. He had to lead a hundred laps, and it was not 550 either. Like it was 750 package. So I'll give him that one too. It's just he's incredibly lucky. Like I don't, I don't mean to disrespect the guy at all. So I just, I just. I don't know. I think like Jared was saying, it's gonna get old if he makes a T-shirt every single time someone says something, something that's like not even offensive.
3: Like, well, just see, just here, a here, random radio quote. Here's what I'll add with that. Like I heard on Chairgate and podcast, I think Rattlesnake said that he was like, it'd be different if Bowman was like the guy who like you know smoked cigarette or something, in Victorian, it was just like a complete badass. But he's like the most melatonin like. Happy go lucky type of guy. After he wins, like right. it'd be different if you're gonna do if you're like that and that, that you know that'd be kind of cool, you know. But he doesn't really like have anything to back him back and shit talk up, you know.
0: Right. So he's got the snarky sarcasm, and he's a yeah. great. He's got great humor, but he gets out of the car and he's like, Yeah, well, we won. Uh, it was a good race, uh, thanks to my guys and this 48 Ally crew. Um, you know, we 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 wound up being the best car out there I feel today, like even though something interesting
1: something Colton just pointed out in the chat is that Hendrick is a racing brand NASCAR teams. And there was something interesting that there was a dinner with racers episode with Alex Bowman. That was supposedly really fun, really interesting. And apparently Hendrick's PR team got to it, it, took it down to where you can only find it on certain websites online. You cannot find it on Apple podcasts anymore because apparently the Hendrick PR team got too upset that there were some things in there that were maybe not professional. He was just having a good time, but Hendrick PR team said, no, you, you we don't like that. And th- there's that. That's, I think their PR team has a lot to do with why the drivers are, you know, they're having to be a certain way.
0: And we've seen that from Hendrick. Um, we've seen that. I mean, those guys have basically been bland since uh, Mr. Vanilla himself, Jimmy Johnson was on the point and I'm sorry, but these guys have personality. Let them show it. I don't sponsors are going to flock to where the numbers are. And the numbers are the fans that support these guys. And the fans are not going to flock to guys that have the personality of a plank unless their name is Elliot.
2: I mean, I mean, teenagers (laughs) will just because teenagers, you know, Um, I do want to point out, Cody, you're fucking wrong. Okay. Uh, Oh no, here we go. (laughs) Alex Bowman is anything but consistent. Okay. He has talent. I am not, knocking him at all. He is a very talented driver. I think he deserves a ride in the cup. Um, I think he deserves his ride in the 48. That's awesome. Um, you would have to go back to the 1970s to find a driver with four wins who finished lower than 13th in points. And Alex Bowen finished 14th last year. He had an atrocious average finish, That's pretty. Crazy. which proves our point that he backed into those wins because he wasn't in the top 10 of drivers in the laps led. Um, he was mediocre all year um, and just kind of happened in to the wins.
1: like i'll um, be honest i think 2020 was a better year for him than 2021 uh, because he me. had like an actually consistent playoff run to right. where he was one of the better cars in the playoffs it's just it's just people kind of flocked to his wins in 2021 and i remember after martinsville i think a lot of his fans came from because he wrecked an unpopular driver in hamlin like yeah i don't think that if he had turned the five or turned the nine, I don't think that he would have been celebrated for that. I think that people would have been cheering for the guy he wrecked, but because it was Hamlin that got wrecked, people were happy that he wrecked him, and people were mad at Hamlin for being wrecked, which is something I've never seen before.
0: So, yeah, I don't know. Um, I
1: feel like anyway, uh, (laughs) I feel like it's unfair. Um,
0: uh, I think it's time for me to say something that I said when we, um, Introduce the next gen car, and that you guys all doubted, and that was that this car was going to make intermediate racing fun again, and it was going to be the best thing to happen to NASCAR since we went to the COT. Um, every one of you guys said that you weren't, look, uh, I mean, you you don't trust NASCAR. I I understand you didn't trust NASCAR because of the 550 package, because of the all star package. Um, that we Yeah, ran, because uh, it, 2017 they, in.
1: everything indicated they wanted to go the opposite direction.
0: But I told you, if done right, this would be the best racing that we've seen in NASCAR in the past 15 years. And I think so far, even the Phoenix race, the five races we've seen with this package, that is a true statement. Does yeah, I, I mean, that? I think it's
1: true. <laughs> I just think that we got to We got to hold our horses for a little bit. It's only been a few races, so I'm just trying to take it easy, temper my expectations, you know?
3: I'm hoping we don't yeah, get to I, like the I, end I'm of the season. Me.
1: Sorry. Go, Go ahead. ahead, Jared. Nope.
3: Oh, I was going to say, I'm hoping we don't get to, like, the middle of the season and then, like, all the top teams figure out and everything's just back to normal.
1: Where it's. I mean, I don't care if the same guys win. I just want good racing. Like, mm-hmm. I, that's all I need. Well, that's
0: what we're having. Uh We still like, got to get Fox to show the shit, but... <laughs> Uh, that's an old,
1: yeah, a whole we other need rant to talk about for, Fox's pre-race bro, we need, stuff. Right. So we might as well get into
3: yeah. the Fox Fox issues. Like
1: we, need to, we need to get on them right now. Go ahead. I don't know if you guys saw the pre-race skits that Fox does that have nothing to do with the racing. They're just like skits of Bob Pockers in a nightclub or whatever, so Did I don't even know what the point is. How he was
2: holding that champagne glass? Yeah. <laughs> like, by the stem, like...
0: Listen, listen, here's the thing. Don't, don't trash Bob. Bob is... I'm not
1: trashing Bob. I'm just saying, blame Fox for getting, getting this stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what they're trying to say. Like Fox is just, oh, we want to try and be funny. It's like, well, you could just talk about the race that's coming up in a couple hours. Like, why not
0: that? Fans aren't stupid, but they have been treating us like we're stupid since 2000 and probably 13. Um, I don't know when... I guess a production member changed or something that made it digger. It. We weren't digger. We weren't, digger the era was still fine. We were still, they were having fun on Sunday in the booth, but Saturday for practice and Sunday pre-race in the Hollywood hotel and everything. We were still, we were getting stories of the week, right? We were getting,
1: that's, that's fair. We were getting
0: insights to what people did during the practice sessions. And we were getting, um, you know, insights for the race. We were getting trends from the track type, all this good stuff that we're not getting pre-race anymore and i know that people want to be entertained and sports in and of itself is entertainment but race fans while we might look like dumb regnets, are not stupid we like data we like analytics we like knowing what's going to happen and trying to figure out what's going to happen before it does we like seeing trends we like seeing the the the, the stories that happen before us not the ones that you have to create no one cares about that party scene or clint boyer and um his yeah. whoever's the co-host this week racing around um on a the parking a lot on a, yeah. yeah right
1: we don't care about that stuff
3: or like a auto want club genuine...
1: oh yeah what happened we're like
3: club? auto club Xfinity race you know there's that red flag so they're like oh let's take regan smith to the
2: playground and he's going to go down the slide like,
1: <laughs> Damn, that
2: that i'm fine with cuz how much are you going to fill in coverage wise in that lengthy red flag, you can't talk to drivers like in a rain delay. I'm Whoa. all right with that one. I got another yes, one, but that that
0: another. was not staged. That was just something like, okay, we're gonna make right. fun of Regan because he just ran the whole length of pit road. So now he's gonna go do some other wild shit, go down the slide. That yeah, that was fine.
1: Another, I guess rant. We've probably all had this, but it's like they're on boards and they're zoomed in shots. You know how, like, you know how Austin Dillon got wrecked in the final corner of the race, right? Somebody turned him. And we didn't even see it until a minute later with the replay because they were – and he was in ninth place. They were so zoomed in on Chase Briscoe that we couldn't even see the ninth place car get wrecked in front of the whole field. Like we, we can't just focus on one car when there's like a whole pack of cars coming to the finish line. Yeah. Right. Like that's just yeah, crazy. Right.
0: They do that, they do that mid-race during battles with turn. Uh they'll like, be in a turn I and like, they'll zoom in on one yeah. guy while there's another guy on the top side trying to pass him. It's ridiculous. They go yeah. to those freaking onboard shots that all, tell me nothing yeah. all the time. And the shots on the walls, those are for replays and crank it up. Right. Any other time yeah. I can't feed in any information other than what this big, you know, my 16 by 4 or whatever the 16 by 9 picture is on my flat screen TV is nothing but one single card That tells me nothing.
1: NBC does onboards tastefully. Like, they'll show them at the right time, but they don't just shove them in your face.
2: I do want to point out, for anyone listening, um, a guy named Brock Beard, he is probably my favorite YouTuber um, right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, He does have a new series where he highlights the problems with the broadcast and where they kind of turned from. Uh, My biggest thing is I hate how there's no play-by-play. It's all in the booth explaining what the cars are doing and explaining shit that should be explained either during pre-race or during cautions practice. or during practice. Um, practice was the perfect time for that, um, not during the race. There's no play-by-play anymore. There's no oh, so and so's coming to the inside, you know he's going to try to clear him right here. It's oh he's wheeling the car and he's trying to get it to stick, and I hate that. So go check out okay. Brock Gear. Okay, um, he does have great points he makes and why it's terrible.
0: But the reason that that is is because there's nobody to balance that, that booth out.
2: I agree. Yeah. Clint
0: Boyer is a driver. That's all he knows how to do. I'm not going to fault him for that.
2: Yeah, I am going to fault he's him for being the
0: the booth clown that has replaced DW. And that's Fox's fault again because we don't see that when yeah. NBC comes. But there's no one there to balance out the booth. We need Larry Mack back in the booth because he's going to provide those strategy calls and everything. And Mike Joy needs to be let free to do his thing because that was his thing.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: but before before I Danica, go down and get it, yeah, I, I I need to talk about I... something. They have a rotating booth. Tony Stewart, amazing. Jeff Gordon's coming back for Atlanta. He was okay in the booth. He's probably gonna be better than the last two weeks. Danica Patrick, I have no problem with you, but but come on, you are she a didn't even know driver. What... You should not have been in the booth. I don't fault you for coming. You probably had fun. I'm sure probably what have you. The only time I was learning anything from you, you were talking about IndyCar. <laughs> Go to Texas this weekend.
1: Oh, my God. You remember oh when God. they had Rusty Wallace call the Indy 500 and he mistakenly called the Daytona 500 a few years yeah, ago? Yeah, it's like, the, that's the, the what exact same
0: of. thing. So when we got NASCAR analysis from Danica Patrick, she sounded like an idiot. And I'm not I'm not gonna show that I forgot she to she was contradicting stuff that Clint was saying, not understanding stuff with, that Mike Joy was saying. And I I realized that you raced in NASCAR, but yeah. obviously nothing stuck. I don't she, mind a you being part. in the booth. You have yeah. the you have a place there, but by God, please be at Texas this weekend with the indie cars, not ever in a NASCAR The funny booth.
1: part is she didn't know what a polish victory lap was that was like funny. i was like uh, you've raced in nascar for how many years and you don't know what that is
3: i don't know no, if anyone just... caught i don't know if anyone caught it i think it was at the las vegas race i think ricky Stenhouse jr was in the top 10 mike joy was like oh we got ricky Stenhouse jr in the top 10 and i think there's like this awkward silence between everyone yeah. and she's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't know if anyone caught that or she just seemed to go
1: on, like, tangents that had nothing to do with the racing. And it's right. like...
0: And,
3: like, I w- I she get
1: yeah. so much
0: good insight to IndyCar racing, but it's a NASCAR broadcast. Yeah. I will not fault the fact that she was talking about stuff about IndyCar that I was learning from. And I was like, oh, well, this is neat. But then again, I'm not watching IndyCar racing. I'm watching... I'm watching... Stock-based.
1: Like, there were correlations that sometimes, like, the only major correlation I found was... Like, like they thought that she was the pioneer of letting go of the steering wheel and all that stuff. And other than that, in the the flat-bottom cars, it's like there wasn't really anything in common. So I don't really understand it. Yeah,
2: DBC made a good point this week. I think it was Brett Griffin who said that Danica would be perfect doing um, something like what Michael Waltrip does or like what Parker Kligerman does. Um, get her Probably. out market her yeah. for what – I mean she is a great marketing tool. She is right. not great in the booth. You need right. to yeah, that's, out that's pretty obvious. Yeah, people can see Danica. She's not going to do good sitting up in the suite behind that glass pane.
0: Yeah, and I think she's great at presenting. She has done Indy 500s yeah. for the last four years, and it has been phenomenal pre-race coverage on NBC from her um, and the other guys. Um, I can't think of the guy's name that does all the NBC big events. Mike Tarico. Uh, yep. Yes, Mike mm-hmm. Tarico. Those two have done the pre-race shows um for for the last 4 years the NBC's had the Indy 500 and they've been phenomenal. But I can agree that she's she's not not for the NASCAR booth. Put her in the IndyCar booth. Let let me see how she does. I think the insight that we got during that Las Vegas race about IndyCar races and about IndyCars makes me think she would be a perfect addition to the NBC booth for an IndyCar race. Maybe the
3: Maybe she, maybe she did that on purpose. and Maybe they'll be like, oh, she might be a good IndyCar analyst because maybe that's what she actually wants to do. NBC yeah,
0: rotates out. analysts. So I would love to see her be a pit reporter one week and then James be a pit reporter the next week and they swap the booth, just like they do with LaTarte and um, uh, Burton and Dale yeah. Jr. They're always rotating. So I love NBC's coverage. Um, it's, it's so Yeah, better.
1: like they're refreshing, man. Like that's just.
0: They take it seriously. As yes. much as I hate well, their co- commercials and their peacock yeah. stuff, they, they take it a lot more seriously.
2: They take it more
1: seriously than Fox. Yes. Yes. Like no, they actually treat it like game. a real sport.
0: But they do dramatize the playoffs a lot more. So
1: they that's do. They do. Thing. Like they're not as, they're um, a little bit crazy, right. but I'd rather have that than the, than thing, the other way around. I the can't thing,
3: imagine Fox covering the playoffs. Oh my God. Be, We'd have like a skit not. every
1: race. There was like a Breaking Bad skit at Fontana and. I think uh, yeah,
2: it's just bad. I could get over um, probably the, the lack of play-by-play if the broadcasters didn't get bored three laps after a restart. Yeah. You know, It seems like they're they want fans to expect every lap to be a pass for the lead or to be a six-wide restart because as soon as they start to stretch out and you see actual strategy come into play, the booth dies. And that's like, oh, where's before. my eight-wide race? Yeah,
0: and that's where Steve Latart and Larry McReynolds come into play.
2: Yep, that's yep, where
0: exactly. that's where drivers who know how to drive like as Jr. a race manager, like Dale Junior, like a Mark Martin, like a Tony Stewart, would be profoundly better in the booth. Jeff Burton himself is yeah another one is a great race manager. Clint was never a race manager. Clint was just a race car driver. He's always just been a race car driver. And I'm not taking away that he can't drive a car, but the reason he didn't succeed nearly as much as he probably could have with the talent that he has in NASCAR is because he wasn't a race manager. Look at Joey Logano in the booth. Fantastic. Look at Ryan Blaney even in the booth. Fantastic.
1: Those aren't even guys I would consider race managers either.
0: Yeah. Um, Right. So, I mean, you just – You got to get people who know what they're doing and can explain to people why they're doing it. Um, I think I I would argue that Joe Logano is definitely a race manager. Um, mm. As he's matured, he has been managing races a lot better. Um, Ryan Blaney is probably not yet, probably going to be the greatest talent in the grid once he hits his prime because he is a very smart and calculated driver.
1: I feel like I'm kind of the opposite. Like, I feel like Chase Elliott was smarter. He got to that level quicker. He doesn't, he might not have as much raw talent as Blaney, but I think Chase Elliott matured quicker, if that makes sense. You know, he drove like a veteran for.
0: Yeah, but we the first haven't seen these years. guys in their primes yet. I'm sure that right. Blaney and his prime is going to be better than Chase Elliott and his.
1: Right. I just think that Chase Elliott would be better on a consistent basis outside of those three or four years.
3: Yeah. You get so, Blaney um,
1: we Blaney. Yeah. And I think. I do I want once to kind of can, like settle down. That's the biggest thing, probably. Yeah,
0: let's let's rein it back in. I do want to appreciate that we did, like Jared say earlier, have a classic NASCAR race at Las Vegas. Um, it was it was fantastic um, seeing the eighteen get trashed in practice, rebuild, um, and have multiple problems during the race and come back was something that I think we all would have appreciated to see him win um, had the Eric Jones caution not have you know, happen. Uh, but uh, what did you guys see at Vegas in the trucks or the Xfinity series?
1: Honestly, not, not much. Like, I don't think there was anything crazy in trucks or Xfinity, you know, it's just, you know, whatever Ty Gibbs wins. So. Yeah. So
2: <laughs> you said there was nothing crazy. Let's talk about how Ty Gibbs took out Ryan C. On lap two. Oh yeah. He, uh, he, no.
0: Nah, here we he go. You guys uh, you did he not had,
1: take him out. He did not. I mean, take he, him It's out. lap four. You out. don't need I to be. You don't need I to be that air on a guy on lap four. Right. It's lap
2: two. You need to. He needs or, to be smart. And I think he will. He needs to be smarter about when to race that hard. And I, I'm right. sure that he will. That's He's going thing. to be a great driver. Um, he is.
0: He is a young kid, and he is what 19 now, maybe. 18 still probably. I don't know. He is still young. He is in the Xfinity series. Ryan Sieg is a veteran and should not have come that far down on him in turn one, what? knowing what you're racing what? against.
1: You're, no. I, so he was clear. Me. So how come he shouldn't come down? He was clear? not.
0: He was not clear. He needs to be. He needs to be giving room as well. No what, happens, all,
1: no. what happened? No. What happened is. Ty Gibbs, or he was clear, and Ty Gibbs just drove in there and started packing the air on him and got him loose. He didn't just enter on the middle.
0: Yeah, well, he also made himself look a, like an ass later on. Right, in the I'm not denying because,
1: that. He, so he did, but that also racing, doesn't justify Ty Gibbs racing like that on lap two.
0: It's a racing incident. Ty Gibbs is going to go where Ty Gibbs want because he's never been in in that part of you know anything where he's he's not going to be wrong. He's got to learn that. Yeah. But also Ryan Sieg should know that, hey, I got a hard ass on me that thinks he's God on the racetrack. So, so give him space and let him wait, think. That maybe God, I should right? give him a lane, right? Yeah. Yeah. He he couldn't have been nearly as mad as he was about that.
2: Yeah. So just give him space and let him think that he can run through everyone. I think that's
1: fair.
0: I think I think that was a two party.
1: Right. It's um 50-50 at fault. It's just I hope that Ty Gibbs' for up because I don't want everybody to just get out of Ty Gibbs' way because that's how racing becomes horrible. Like it's it's if everybody got out of Dale Earnhardt's way, the nineteen nineties probably wouldn't have been that good. Nobody's
0: going to get out of Ty Gibbs' way on. No, that's what lap. you're. That's what you're lap. saying though. That's what. No, you're it's saying. not. No, it's not. No, it's not. Nobody's going to get out of Ty Gibbs' way if it's lap one hundred and fifty four out of one hundred and sixty three, right? But right. on lap two. If you know that there is a kid that is still learning and is still thinking that he's going to race like he is on the last lap on lap two, you need to be the guy as the veteran right. driver, the but guy they that had owns your own that stuff. That was the first corner to,
1: that they were racing around each other. He couldn't have just. I mean, it what I get thinking ahead at the you got a, same you got time. a
0: spotter and you've got no. But a at the same time, they were, you've been in the racing so long. They
1: were right there in that corner. You know, you you, had, you can't make a decision in two seconds like that. You got to think a couple corners ahead before that. Yeah,
2: Alex, I'm 180 degrees from you. I understand what situation ties in. I understand what situation Ryan's in. Right. But if I'm the That's veteran, cool. I'm going to say that I'm not going to give this kid room on lap two right. because he doesn't know how to race. Make this
1: kid because he make, needs make to
2: work Like he needs to be smart. Like make. But you've also got to
0: protect one. your equipment. Right. right. I understand that. So but, he,
2: him racing, him racing him as hard as protecting my equipment isn't. Worrying about what right. that guy's going to do. It's trusting that he is going to give trusting you the lead that
0: you have.
1: Yeah,
2: right.
0: Have you like, raced around? Have you raced around Ty Gibbs yet? In in Ty Gibbs' short career, have you raced around him? Because drivers always talk about building trust. Right. If you haven't raced around the guy, you give him more room. So if he
1: thought he had, right, I understand any that. inclination
0: just, that that he had. It's just had if it been was racing with his
1: and they had just in Ty Gibbs had just got to him. They hadn't raced for the entirety of the race because it was lap two. He can't just predict a laps ahead if it's lap two of a race. Like he's gotta have time to process that makes say, hey, I need an escape route. You know. Lap two, there's no you can't think of an escape route early.
0: You can also not chop off somebody's nose. And even if he was clear, he was only clear enough to where he got he got the air packed on him. And I'm sorry. They both put themselves into that situation. I'm pretty sure he they were both on much, the bottom.
1: No, I'm pretty sure they were both on the bottom, and Ty Gibbs just drove it in there. Yeah. Like I don't think he came down. It's just he made seat get loose to where it looks like he came yeah. down, but he was on the bottom and just got pushed off the bottom. With the there, yeah. you know, like it was a little bit. I mean, I'm he not saying it was
2: terrible. It's just it just seems suspect to race like yeah, that. He wasn't on the line, but he
1: didn't he didn't come
2: down a lane. He didn't even right. come down half there. Yeah, he was he was in that line. Okay.
1: Um, Anyways,
0: it was a racing incident. I think I'm not saying it wasn't. Going,
1: going it was just avoidable.
0: They everyone took a 180 degree turn on on Ty Gibbs and said that he was a he was a, a rich kid with a silver spoon up his ass. I'm complaining on Twitter because he trashed the 36. But I I don't I don't I think that both drivers could have done a little bit different. I really do. I think they were both equally at fault, and it was just a race. I don't mistake. know about equally.
1: Like, it's just at I the same amazing. time when the attacking car and the defending car is clear. I've I read this in a book somewhere about racing In case like if you're the attacking car and that guy is all the way ahead of you, it's your fault if you get in a crash most of the time. It's usually your fault. So truck
3: oh, race, Jared. <laughs> I'll be honest. I didn't watch the Xfinity race on Saturday. I think I was at some basketball games, but I did get to watch the truck race on that Friday night. And the thing that stuck out to me, it was actually kind of interesting because like, I kind of saw more people like side with Kyle Busch on what happened in the situation. And rightfully so. I mean, you look at the one like straight, straight ahead angle, you see Christian X cut him off the whole way through and just basically wreck himself. And I, I thought yeah, the truck race was funny. again.
1: I did too, but like I I figured,
3: like as soon as I saw that happening, oh boy, Kyle Busch is going to get roasted. Even after I saw all the interviews, then I go on Twitter and see the comments. Like, all right, that's that's something you never thought I'd hear.
0: Yeah, so I I will say this: um, the truck race at Las Vegas is is probably the best truck race of the year, all all the time. I mean, they always, for whatever reason, when they go out there in the spring at Las Vegas, they put on a hell of a show. There is passing all through the field, and we saw that on friday night i really appreciated the truck race um there was some stuff that happened though um that i didn't see no one really saw nascar didn't even see it there was a truck on that last green white checkered that was inside of the turn three wall um all the way off the racetrack uh stopped what do you guys think about them right racing the complete white flag with a truck that was stopped there on the uh, green white checkered on the first of the two laps
2: um uh, just being kind of that of I'm trying to brown nose my way into maybe some pit passes um at an SMI track. I'm going to bite my tongue. <laughs> I just because I don't someone those,
1: who's words as come, someone come. who's
0: been on the flag stand or been in a race directing um position, sometimes you can't see cars. Sometimes you don't know. Um
1: I just I feel like that I wasn't I think it's just, as much as race control. Like, don't they have a bunch of cameras like pointing everywhere? Yeah, right. So,
0: so when you're, when you're at a short track, you got what you can see basically, right? Yeah. You can't see the bottom of two or the bottom of three if you're on the flag stand. And if you're in the tower, you might be able to see a little bit more, but there's still hiding spots for wrecked cars to go. Um, We don't have the ability other than people on the track to radio us to see any of that stuff. Right. The drivers can't radio us. The spotters or teams can't radio us because those, those things don't exist. But in NASCAR, they do. And like you guys said, there's cameras. Um, I just think this is a big mistake, and we got lucky that nothing happened.
1: Right.
2: Just yep.
3: caution consistency. It's the same stuff yeah. we talk about every week, it seems like.
2: Yeah. yeah I mean, it is just a blunder. I know they have a camera that shows that. Um and they have to have a spotter down in that corner. Um, I understand you may not see him slide to the inside because you're trying to watch the pack and watch that. But at some point, you're going to have to scan back over. And I get it's dark, but that part of the track is still lit. Um, they don't have dark spots in any of these tracks that NASCAR will go to. Um, so, I mean, it was just kind of a, a shitty deal all around. And he was injured, um, which makes it even worse. Yeah, right. You know, it's if he gets hit, how much more injured is he going to be? You know, it's it's not like he was just sitting there waiting for cars to go by. So he could get out. Um, he needed medical attention and he did go to the hospital. I think he dislocated his shoulder, um, wow. which isn't good at all.
0: I actually did not yeah. know that he was injured.
1: Yeah, yeah it's weird. Like it didn't look like a bad wreck, but he did say that his shoulder was dislocated and that that was it. I mean, he can still race so, this week, but still it's yeah. just weird.
0: So there's nothing nothing really to say on what we can do better because I think that's self-explanatory. I think that was just the, the biggest oversight I've seen on,
1: in NASCAR.
0: But let's look at Charlotte Cope 600 weekend last year. Oh, yeah, the,
1: that was fun the fun one. The truck series.
0: <laughs> you have a car sitting right in front of me in the restart zone um, on that little short chute between the first dog leg and the entrance of pit road and he was sitting there for a good three-quarters of a lap, and then he gets hit before the caution comes out. Is it safe to say that the people who are doing the truck races don't necessarily know what they're doing?
1: That's funny because they called a caution like two seconds after a truck brushed the wall at the Daytona right. on last lap, yet
0: right. they
1: don't call a caution for a truck sitting for like two laps. It doesn't make any sense.
2: Yeah, it's mm-hmm. almost like their eyes are glued – to the actual packs or to the lead pack Um, because they constantly miss stuff that happens in the back of the pack like this. So
0: you Um, can't do that. You can't do that. Okay. So let me just, from from the bird's eye view of the flag stand, my job is to make sure that the track is safe, make sure the drivers know what's going on. In NASCAR, you have teams with crew chiefs got radio, race engineers got radio, team owners got radio, and your spotters got radio. And NASCAR – can talk directly to the drivers. It's only quote-unquote NASCAR talking to the drivers in, in the scenario of the short tracks I've worked at. I know where the leader is every lap because I have to count down laps. I have to know when to tell them 10-5 to go and halfway, two to go and start a white flag and the checker card. But I also am watching and listening to my peripherals the whole time. I am looking both ends of the track at the same time. If there are strung out cars, I know they're there. I have to ignore them, and I focus on packs of cars. If there's a car that I can see is struggling on entry and maybe spinning out even though he's half a lap behind the pack, I know that he's there. You have to know, and as a single person on a short track, it's difficult to do that. I realize that, but these guys have teams. They have cameras, have 15, 16 different cameras per racetrack. They've got what they can see outside of the booth, and they've got, like, like uh, Colton said, they've got spotters at each end of the racetrack. They've got a guy that sits in turn one and two and sits in between turn three and four, as well as the flag man, somebody that's sitting on the back straightaway, and your guys that are on pit road. There's no excuses to miss anything. There's no excuses to be focused on the leader. There should be eyes on that whole pack, the whole race. If I can do it and my dad can do it as one or two people working in conjunction on the flag stand and in the tower by ourselves with two people, one person, even at, at some points, a group of 15 to 20 people should be able to do it despite the fact that the tracks are bigger.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Um, I did want to shout out, I don't know if you guys watched Chandler Smith's interview, um, he's he's a talented driver um one thing that i thought was pretty funny was he's in a kbm truck and he immediately gets out and says you know he's a man of god and that's that's great um and he says i'd like to thank god for this opportunity and kyle bush is probably just sitting there staring at him like (laughs) like dude (laughs) Now he didn't think kyle bush until like the very end of his interview but I, i just thought that was funny like he didn't and I get it, man of God. I it was just a like funny. My man's
1: guy has priorities.
2: Yeah, he <laughs> does, and that's more power to him. But I would have liked him to see give Kyle Bush a little pat on the back. Yeah.
0: Well. Um, what else? I we got? won't get into the, I won't get into the religious stuff. But uh, we got we he got drove a, crazy a hell of a race, man. He, he drove did. A hell of a
1: race. He's he's talented. He's going yeah. a lot more for this year's over. Yeah. yeah what else so. we got? We got. So we did Xfinity, we did trucks, we did cops. Shoot, we got. So
0: all we got is the international.
1: Yeah, we got a big week going on.
0: Um, Nathan, I'm gonna let you head the point on this one. Um, what what don't we have going on this weekend would be? Yeah, so
1: we got the season about. opener for F1, which is Sunday. I believe it's always in the morning at some time, like nine or ten, usually. Sometimes a little bit earlier. I would probably check that beforehand so you don't miss the race. Um. If you don't watch F1, you probably should. Um, it's fun. It's it's always before NASCAR races, so you very rarely ever have schedule conflicts. Unless it's the unless it's once you get to that leg of the season where you're racing in Mexico, you're racing in in Brazil. But outside of that, there's no schedule conflicts with NASCAR, so it's always fun to be able to watch two races in the same day. We got IndyCar at Texas on the same day as well. We've got the 12 Hours of Sebring. We got the 1,000 Miles of Sebring. We've got NASCAR at Atlanta, which is at two thirty. So we've shoot. We got everything.
0: So actually, uh, they announced today on Twitter that that race is being pushed back to three o'clock. Um, and that's for coverage for Atlanta. So coverage coverage starts at three. So I think the race is going to go green flag at either three sixteen or three thirty one. I'm not going to be able to see like
1: any of the race then.
0: So you guys be be wary of that. Um. If you're not watching F1, this year is a great year to start. Um, Formula 1 has a new next-gen. Um, we'll, we'll we'll throw the same slang around as we do in the NASCAR world. They've got a new car. Um, these cars have lower-profile wheels, just like we do on the next-gen car in NASCAR. They have simpler aero, um, which is a lot more than we can say for the last uh, few years. Uh, so they've they got in plates that don't have 600 winglets on them um they have really funky looking um rear uh rear wings uh the drs is more powerful now because it has a a bigger hole uh when it's being cut and uh the the profiles of the cars
1: are um are
0: are changing a little bit i'll let nathan handle more of the technical side but all i can say is this year should bring bring most of the field back together and we should see a lot more overtaking than we have since the 2017 um, rebranding of these big, big, massive cars.
1: Yeah, I was, I think that it'll be different. Um, the first couple of races will probably not be what you see at the end. I think it'll be, some teams might not figure it out as early as the other ones. Um, I, I do wish the cars were shorter, like Colton said, but it's just a problem with the hybrid engines. Like they got to fit all this stuff in the car and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And the big the tires are bigger too since they're 18 inches so it's kind of it feels like it's more cumbersome probably but that being said i hope that the racing is good like if the cars have to be big and fat then i just hope the racing's good because i I feel like i don't know any way to shrink them
0: yeah so i'm looking forward to it lower profile tires hopefully means we'll actually get some tire strategy back into f1
1: Yeah, I'm hoping they did say that it'll probably be a two-stop race, they hope, because the last couple of Bahrain races have been two stops. Um, That would be nice. I like multiple pit stops. I like They did mention that you could push the tires a little bit more, which might lead to better racing, too. Um, Other than that, I don't really know what to expect. I think that it'll probably be more of a three-man title race with Ferrari being back in it, so... That's probably my only prediction.
0: Yeah, Um, and then IndyCar at Texas. Uh, IndyCar racing on ovals is phenomenal, despite the fact that Texas ruined their track surface. So, be looking forward to that. Um, And then Sebring, you have two endurance races. So, basically, um, if you like endurance racing, you're going to get to see the best of the American uh, style with IMSA with the twelve hours of Sebring, Sebring. and then uh, Mm -hmm. shortly thereafter, they're going to start the uh, what is a one thousand miles. Yeah. Uh, of Sebring with the WEC for their first race of the season um, so it's it's going to be a hell of a big time next week um, we hope to have someone on uh, to do a Formula 1 recap show and a preview show for the second round of the Australian V8 Supercars at Tasmania for the Tasmanian Super Sprint um, other than that guys do you have anything else to add before we sign off tonight?
1: Oh man, I don't know. This is I'm just excited for F1, excited for IndyCar, excited for NASCAR. So I'm excited to see all the racing. I just wish I didn't have a karting event at seven o'clock on Sunday night because I have to leave at four thirty, so I'll probably miss the entirety of the Atlanta race. So gonna suck to miss that, but I'm glad F1's back. I get I get my favorite driver back for their twenty-first season in F1, so that'll be fun. All right.
0: Well, um, if you guys are not doing anything uh, really quickly, uh, I do want to shout out. Uh, I'm going to try something tonight that uh, we haven't done here on Fan Fuel Motorsports Podcast. Um, I've got the uh, Wednesday night uh, NASCAR iRacing Series race at nine o'clock. I'm gonna I'm gonna shut this stream down, bump one right back up, and stream the Atlanta race, 163 laps. So if you're interested in sticking around for that. Uh, That should be up shortly. The race should be starting in about 10 minutes. Uh, So I'm going to go ahead, log off, and thank everyone for coming out tonight. Brandon Hutchison um, uh, was here for 30 minutes with us. One of the best interviews we've had. Go to Atlanta Motor Speedway this weekend if you can. I'm going to try and shoot up there after work on Sunday. I get off at noon, so wish me luck and safety on getting to the track before the green flag drops. Um, And then, uh, everybody, enjoy the racing on TV uh, if you're not gonna make it, and thank you as always. Follow us on our links at FanFuelMSM, capital F, capital F, capital MSM um, on Twitter and Instagram and on Facebook. Thanks for the guys that tuned in tonight on YouTube. Thank for Streamyard getting the YouTube comments working live again. Hopefully, we'll have Twitter up at some point in the near future, um, like we did when we first started using this platform. Uh, but until then. We'll see you next week, same time, and all right, have a good one.